as a podcast located in the Central Valley, which, in case you didn't know, is the raisin capital of the world. You guys, as our listeners, only deserve luxury when it comes to raisins. Luxury raisins come from Champion Fruit Company. Champion Fruit Company knows raisins, and specifically, raisins. Raisins is the fruit snack that is actually made from real fruit. Um, we actually have a box for every single show. We chomp on these guys and just enjoy the sugary snack, but also it cancels each other out because we know it's actually real fruit. There's a hundred million cartons that have been sold so far. It ships for free, which in our Amazon day of life now, we need free shipping. Um, you can buy them at shop.raisels.com. That's S-H-O-P dot R-A-I-S-E-L-S.com. Kids love them too. There's 10 flavors, including watermelon shock, Pineapple chili limon, ooh, and tropical. Um, and because discounts are awesome, and so is this company, they have offered us a discount code, which is Sours143. And I know that's going to trigger you, but I, I I love you. Yeah, that's real. It works with the show, too. Sours143, thank you guys for listening. I love you, man. I love you, too, but I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Broseph Quiggles. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what an <laughs> introduction that was to the I Love You Man podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening. It's going to be a fun, exciting show. Uh, make sure you press that subscribe button real quick, just while you're looking at your phone right now. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at IOI Man Podcast. Um, and today we have Bridget Booth from the Fresno Bully. Hey. Fresno Bully Rescue, right? That's yep. the full name. Yes, cool. correct. So many questions for you. <laughs> but before we dive into those questions, Ramon, you have a question. I do. That's my that's my gig, and so here I am. I'm ready. <laughs> I figured we could do one that is more themed to the episode. And I think, and mentally I, I was thinking about on the way here, like, I think this will work, hopefully. Um, I'm not scared. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's simple. Uh, okay. Do you remember your first dog's name? Of course you do. And your earliest memory with that dog that you kind of, it's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of it. Um, well, my first dog's name was Cindy. Okay. <laughs> because I thought that was the most beautiful name I've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> my cousin's name was Cindy. And I'm like, I'm going to name my dog Cindy. Um, <laughs> so, and she was a little Shih Tzu. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, we got her as a puppy, you know, I was a little yeah. itty bitty girl and she went everywhere with us and that, that was that. That was the origin of the name. That's yeah. what I was going to ask too. The origin of the name. I always thought it was like a princess name or something. Yeah. Is there any fight whatsoever to get the dog? Cause I know there's like the traditional publicized story of like, Oh please, can we keep him? No, my family was always like an animal family. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I think I had pet mice and hamsters and, and cats and dogs Anything growing up. Pet. So, yeah. I mean, even reptiles, too. So we were always a really uh, animal-centric family. And when we finally... I think we moved around a lot, though, mm-hmm. when we were younger. So we had a lot of rentals where probably pets weren't uh, allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we finally got into a house situation is when we got Cindy. Did you ever have a pet snake? Um, no, but my okay, uncle cool. had a whole bunch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's I, snakes. Man. It introduced me to the reptiles and snakes early in life. So, um, 
little, I mean, I don't like like a rattlesnake or like that, but I, like, yeah, you I know, the, you're saying. The, the snakes you can handle or like the pythons you can go hold at a fair or yeah. whatever. Like I'm all about it. So yeah. it's I think it's pretty cool. Thing. They're it's, really interesting. It's the one fear I never grew out of. <laughs> so I did have spy, a big time spider issue when I was a kid, but I grew out of that one. That's fine now. I'm oh. designated spider killer. Okay. But mm. snakes, I don't know what it is. Oh, I cannot handle snakes like, at all. Like when I go to the reptile room at the Chaffee Zoo, like mm-hmm. there's the glass wall on the left and then there's me on the far right. Okay. And I only go in there because my fiance loves it. And Aww. so I just, I'm like, yeah, no, that is cool. cool. True. And I'm like hovering over there and we leave. I'm so warm and so sweaty. Like nothing's going to happen. They're obviously all in, you know, the glass enclosures. But every single time it's just like, you just look at it and I don't know what it is. It gets me every single time. Have you ever seen yeah? a snake well, look happy? No. They always look <laughs> mad. They always look pissed <laughs> off. They look mischievous. Yeah, that's a good like They're plotting something. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so in my house, we were not a pet family at all. And we did not get a dog. Any pet we, we do have uh, was incidental. Oh, okay. And so how that worked was, I want to say it was middle school. Uh, we came home from helping our mom at her summer school class. And there was a dog across the street just wandering around. And that would happen occasionally, but they usually had callers and you could call the owner and yada, yada. But this one didn't have one. And normally they're not friendly. Those stray dogs are usually just like, they keep their distance and they're like, run away when you call them or you try to come close to them. Yeah. This one though, we came up and tried to pet him and he was so friendly. He was nice. He followed us back to the house across the street, which we were scared of because cars always drove stupid around there. Oh my gosh. And we got him across the street and then he just, after we befriended him, he started just hanging out. In the lawn, <laughs> hanging out in the yard. We were scared he was going to get by a car, so we let him in the backyard. Then, like, the biggest thing was our dad came home with food one day, and that's when we knew, like, okay, yeah. I think we got him. <laughs> He's and, in like gin. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Because as soon as you give him food, that's what it is. Yep. We had a big fear for a while where we were like, what if the owner does show up eventually? Oh, like, that we're gonna, the Yeah, exactly. Um, but his name was Stargell, and Stargell was because um, my mom's – well, my favorite baseball team is the Pirates, but growing up, her favorite player was Willie Stargell. Oh, and so that's where it came from. That's a cool I like story. It. And I, my f- most fond memory of him was he would always swim with us, and it was just a, I didn't even know dogs, you know, would do that or okay with that because <laughs> um, I never had a pet. And uh, whenever we'd go swimming, I, well, the first time it happened, we were just swimming, and all of a sudden, I remember I was underwater and I jumped back and I felt like something at my back scratching. I thought it was my brother. I was like. Like, what did I do? Why is he attacking me? And then I got up and it was the dog just trying to swim and his paws were like going at me because he's just trying to doggy paddle. Yeah. And I'll always remember. He's trying I was, to save you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we thought. We were like, he probably thought something was wrong and he's trying to help us. Mm-hmm. And so I'll always remember because I was so excited. He was like swimming in the pool with us. But too, I was like, there were scratches all oh, over that's my back. Oh, yeah. Scary. I just get like, annihilated. Yeah. Sometimes when with some of those this dogs, it's like when they get you good. Ooh. No, oh, yeah. my mom always said like she had no luck in regards to adding females to the house because... There's my dad. There's three boys that she had. The dog that showed up was also a male, <laughs> and then actually a cat before that showed up, and uh-huh. he was a male as well. Oh, so she just so she just knew. It's just how it she is. Gave up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. No luck at all. So Stargell. Yeah, that's Star-Jol. a cool name. It's different. I haven't heard it before. Yeah. Shouts out to my mom and her favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, you? Oh. Our first dog, I believe, I was in kindergarten or first grade, and my. Uh, so yeah, I was like five. My brother was seven and it was, we had just begged for a dog. Like it seemed like forever, which I'm sure was like a week. No, yeah. <laughs> when you're just like really fixated, yeah. like, no, I want a dog. And, um, <laughs> they finally took us over. I think we saw, and it's funny if you think about it, it's like when there are ads in the paper and that's how you responded to things like, Oh, 
these people were selling dogs. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> you didn't go online, <laughs> like you, the newspapers. So I remember one day we <laughs> we called this guy and he had just like a, a litter of uh, wiener dogs. And I want to call them wiener dogs because what's the proper way? Is it the dash hound? Yeah, but yeah. people say like I grew up thinking it was a dachshund, like D O X or something. Like I was thinking that's how it's spelled, but it was a miniature. So I forgot that's not their actual name. Like wiener not, dog. Like, yeah, Do you totally have the just, wiener dogs here? It just blew over me. I I'm just like, gonna call it a wiener dog. So <laughs> I don't mess That's up. Why everyone knows what you're talking going about. In. Yeah, where are your wiener dogs at? So a mini wiener dog. So it's just super small, and there was a big litter of them. And I remember showing up, and um, at the time, my stepdad was like, "All right, pick one." But they all look the same. So <laughs> my brother like, uh, like a five year old like personality. Oh, that, one, that one's nice. And then so we picked up that one, and we named him Max. What a traditional. Yeah. Honestly, I respect it. That was just like the creative. Uh, that's just how we were. Like, oh, that's a great dog named Max. Dogs oh, do yeah. have personalities though. So the pick one thing does make sense to me. Yeah. You kind of connect with them and realize like they're acting a little bit different than the other ones. Sure. Yeah. Or they might just walk up to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what it was. It was like he just walked up to me. I'd be like, okay, this one's cool. You made that easy, mm-hmm. buddy. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Max was the good old wiener dog and we loved him. Always peed in the house, but we loved him anyway. <laughs> Left, they're just leaving little memories that are going to be there forever. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. all it is. You should just say thank you next time it happens. Yeah. Um, so speaking of dogs and dogs, obviously are our best friends at this table. I can tell, um, you told us earlier before you started recording the Fresno bully rescue started in 08. What brought you there? Um, and did it align with 08 or is it a different time? Um, well it was founded in 2008. Okay. Um, but it was started by a small group of people. It was in a parking lot down on Van Ness by the Met Museum. I think it started in May, and uh, my husband and I showed up in June. So we were the first ever volunteers to show up, and we found it just by a Craigslist ad. Oh, dang. Uh, volunteers needed Fresno Bully Rescue. What? And at that time, my husband and I had, uh, you know, we've been married maybe for about a couple of years, freshly married. And we got a dog of our own because we got a house, we got married, let's get a dog. Yeah. And yeah. that breed just so happened to have been a pit bull. And so because uh, we started to experience the stigmas that, honestly, I wasn't even conscious when we got our dog that there was a stigma behind it. It was yeah. just like, oh, cool, we're an active young couple. We want a dog that we could take hiking or go on the boat or whatever. We want a dog that we could take everywhere with us that can keep up with us on bike rides and whatever. And it happened to have been a pit bull. Yeah. Um, which I think that we found in, in the Fresno B ad. <laughs> That's so awesome. Speaking of the newspaper. Time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we got our first dog and then people would say just like weird, random, hurtful things on the bike path when we were walking our dog who was completely ignoring everybody being a good boy. Yeah. And people would just walk by and feel the need to say hurtful things um, or pick up their dog and run the other direction. And we're like, what, what, what happened? Am I, am I green? Like what, yeah. why are people scared of? And so, um, when we saw the ad for volunteers needed for Fresno bully rescue, we said, Oh, well that's a good opportunity to maybe try to help and, um, learn more about the breed and get involved, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, uh, we showed up and it was just a really small little, um, patchwork kind of organization yeah. with like five or six dogs in a parking lot. And, yeah. um, uh, that's kind of how we got started just volunteering. So we might, we would go out like maybe once a week and go walk dogs on the weekends, help them get the dogs out or clean mm. the kennels and stuff. And yeah. 
That's so, how that got started. And I was looking at your guys' website um, yesterday, and one of the cool things on there is like one of the main things is educate, mm-hmm. which um, I'm hoping like today that we'll talk about like what initially why do people why is there's this stigma and where do you think most people get it wrong when it comes to the pit bulls and that type of dog sure well i mean like i said i started receiving the the bad end of the stigma with people's comments or realizing that there is an issue um that needs to be tackled here what would they Um, say uh, they would just say like just hurtful things about the dog like um I can't even think of something right now, but you know, just like ew, or oh, he looks mean, or yeah. is he gonna bite, or just weird that negative one. assumptions, right? Negative out the gate. assumptions, yeah. exactly. Um, or just even not even have to say a word, but just like I said, <laughs> run the other direction. That's so, that's so bad. <laughs> I know it's yeah. dog racism, basically. It is. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Well, I see it happen a lot too. Whenever, um, Whenever it's somebody who say like renting a house or whatever, and they yeah. like only allowed certain type. Oh, I need to see the dog first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've like had friends that have a pit bull, and like they've got denied places because oh, sure. the landlord sees the dog. Oh no, oh, we're not going to let that dog stay here. Well, Fresno Bully Rescue in 2008, if you remember, that's when the housing market crash happened, yeah. basically. So that's when Fresno Bully Rescue was originally formulated because a lot of people lost their homes mm. and had to move into apartments. And they couldn't take their dogs with them oh. or into a rental and the rentals didn't ex- accept the breed. Um, but that goes the same for uh, a lot of German Shepherds, Akitas, Huskies, Dobermans, Rottweilers. Yeah. They're all on that kind of restricted breed list. Yeah. Um, not only because they're typically larger, more powerful, but they're restricted from a lot of insurance companies like oh. homeowners insurance. That's crazy. Uh, renters insurance, whatever you want to call it. Um, property management stuff. So, uh, people, the shelters got flooded with pit bull breed dogs. And at that time too, people were breeding the heck out of them. So they were coming in and had no place to go and getting put down and euthanized by the thousands. Um, And so that's when Fresno Bully Rescue saw the need um, and was created to help pull them out of the shelters, help people that, you know, lost their homes or whatever to help take them in get them whatever they needed, whether it was medical care or some training, or maybe they're ready to go and then find uh, qualified homes for them. That's okay. Wow. Now the thing is, what did you say? You just asked of it. I think we got off topic. Where do you think that these come from? These wrong assumptions? Uh, the media, uh, I think is a big thing, but if you look back, like there are generations, there are almost like decades where different breeds have that title. Um, you know, Cujo, wasn't he like a German shepherd oh, or something? Yeah. Then Rottweilers in the nineties. And then, mm. uh, they were the bad, scary dogs. Um, and then pit bulls. So right now this is our up. generation's bad guy. Exactly. Bad but, dog. but I think that it's, it's already turning around there. There's been a lot of, uh, TV shows that have kind of helped, you know, uh, I guess show a different side of the breed and, uh, even just on animal planet, you know? Yeah. Pit boss and just fun things to kind of show the different side of the breed where people had only seen the negative news outlet saying, oh, pit bull attack. But when in reality, all dogs can attack. Yeah. But a lot of the other breeds that, you know, have a bad situation happen, they don't get news or press on it because it's not exciting. It's not juicy. Yeah. So I feel like you don't even think about it. But when you're watching movies, um, whether it's as, as a kid or. There was like a bad guy, or even in like dog movies. I even remember like cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like 
the pit bull would be like the bad guy. <laughs> like, I, I remember yeah. growing up as a Rottweiler. Yeah. I was remember totally. Rottweiler was mm-hmm. the one like, hey, send the dogs. Yeah. And then it was Rottweilers that yeah. would come out. Or the Doberman. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And, the like, Doberman the for sure. And, you know, they are a big, powerful breed, so they should be respected just like a freaking horse. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful yeah. animal, but you should have respect for that large, powerful animal. Yeah. And, um, you know, it takes responsible ownership too because you have a breed that has so much stigma behind it mm-hmm. and people are judging you so delicately. Um, you have to be a responsible owner. So don't, yeah. you know, a stupid move that you could pull with any other breed and someone would go, oh, it's just a dog. They're going to go, oh, news channel. Um, yeah. You're going to get kicked out of your house because you can't have this dog anymore. Um, everything you can think of happens like six times worse if you're wow. a breed owner because you have so much more judgment laid on you. Yeah. And so it just pushes you to be that much more responsible of an owner. Yeah. You know, always walk your dog on a leash, always have, you know, make sure your fence is closed because you don't want your dog getting out and like having yeah. something silly happen and just whatever. You just have to be that much more, uh, I guess, uh, aware. I didn't realize that the stigma had also like negatively affected me subconsciously because okay. my fiance and I were shopping I won't want to say shopping. That doesn't sound good. We were getting a dog. Sure. And we were at the shelters, and every single pit bull I saw was like, wow, this guy's cute. Oh, my gosh, this guy's cute. Look at this guy. He's staring into my soul. Mm-hmm. And it was just like every yeah. single one I saw, their resting face is like a smile. Yes. And it was, mm-hmm. each one was just stealing my heart. And I went in there with the hopes of getting a smaller dog, but mm-hmm. I was like, how do I make a big dog happen in this <laughs> tiny apartment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because each single one was just looking at me, like telling me their life story just by staring at me. Yes. And I was like, ability. why do people not like these guys? guys mm-hmm. and so it's that's why it, it upsets me more so i was excited to be able to get you on because i wanted you know just to get the education out there but also to touch on subjects that maybe i wasn't as well versed on like um specifically the um the ear clipping is that mm-hmm. what it's called yeah so i know there's a lot of people that really just look down upon it in the first place i don't know get why people do it anyway um, is it necessary? Well, it's, no, it's a cosmetic surgery. Oh. Okay. So it's obviously not necessary. Um, and a lot of vets used to do it, and now morally they uh, don't do that surgery mm. anymore. Um, so we have a policy in our adoption contract that if you adopt a dog with floppy ears, you cannot crop them. Um, obviously, we get a lot, a lot of dogs that come in with them already cropped. I had no so idea people did that. Yeah, well, just like they do with Dobermans, you yeah. know, they they crop their ears. You can have them floppy or cropped, but with the pit bulls. There are kind of two reasons for it. Originally, I think it was because of dog fighting because there's a lot of, there's a lot of visceral veins and stuff in the ears. And if a dog's ears got bit, there'd be a lot of blood. Uh-huh. And so if you crop them off, then you have to deal with that. But also it makes them look tougher, makes them look cooler to That's some so people. Um, but it is an unnecessary cosmetic surgery and then we get a lot of dogs with botched ear jobs that are done in people's yeah. backyards. Uh, now you're taking away a natural piece that you know they were born with to, to cover their ears protect them from infection sun yeah. dirt and now you take it away and they're just exposed so we get a lot of dogs that have chronic ear infections because of poor you know because of the cropping and then uh i mean it gets dirty there's like a whole underground uh situation for ear cropping and people because vets don't really do it anymore yeah so you have to. So people still want to do it. And they find go to someone's routes, essentially garage. Yeah, mm-hmm. they Jeez. do it with. I mean, it's barbaric too. I've seen it done with a fishing line, scissors. What? Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff I've seen. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had no idea that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's 
uh, it's definitely looked down upon of people just like that see a dog that already has cropped ears. Yeah. And you can tell if they're like Pitbull fans, they yeah. get so just like heartbroken, but also angry that the owners yeah. did that. Well, and also it could be a turnoff for people to adopt a dog with cropped ears because they don't want to be judged. Like I didn't do this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. For so, that reason. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, there's a phrase called adopt the crop because, uh, okay. you know, a lot of those dogs get passed over a lot because, because they, they have that tough look. or they have, yeah, they don't want to, the adopter doesn't want. Yeah. to be thought of as someone who did that or be judged on that either. So, um, as regards to, well, one, I was going to say your business model, but also I want to touch on the fact you guys are a nonprofit. That's right. So mm-hmm. to those that aren't aware of that, what does that exactly mean in regards to kind of how you guys function? Uh, well, a nonprofit um, is we're, there's no like owner of the Fresno Bully Rescue. I'm mm-hmm. the director of the Fresno Bully Rescue and the president, but we have a board. Um, so all decisions are made as a group. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to come up with balance issues or problems or ideas off of each other to come up with the best solution, which is, which is great, but also keeps a good checks and balance. Yeah. Um, and then we have coordinators that are in charge of each different section. So there's an adoption coordinator, a volunteer coordinator, an events coordinator. Yeah. That way people can focus on all those different areas that have specific needs. Cause it's really hard to do it by yourself. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we're a 501c3 nonprofit recognizes, recognized by the IRS. So when people make a donation to us, it's a tax write-off. Okay. Um, we're on GuideStar. So people that want to make don- you know, um, donations can see all of our uh, uh, 990s, which are an open book. So people can kind of understand what our finances or our money goes towards. Okay, cool. Um, we're a volunteer-run organization. We only have uh, four employees that actually get paid. Oh. Um, but everything else, everyone else is a volunteer who has normal jobs and yeah. lives and families yeah. of their own that come out and help run the shelter on their free time out okay. of their heart, out of the goodness of their heart. So yeah. that way the more money can go straight into the animals. Yeah. But, you know, every nonprofit runs differently. And some people have a lot of employees and can still be a nonprofit. Some yeah. people have none yeah. or one. It just depends on the size of the nonprofit and how it works. Just like, you know, the Marjorie Mason Center is a nonprofit yeah. or the well, Red the bigger Cross. it is, like the more employees you're probably going to have, you know, because yeah. you need those employees. And I think that's a, you know, that's something that sometimes people overlook like, oh, it's a nonprofit. Why are they keeping any money? Well, people have to make this stuff work. So, yeah, I think it's people fair have to, to make pay it these happen. people like they're out. Oh, definitely. You know, like, yeah. When you guys have your events, um, have you ever just out of curiosity, ever had any incidents when you get that many dogs together? Well, we don't, te- so we don't do on-site adoptions. Okay. So, cause our adoption process, because of the breed we deal with, um, we want to make sure they're going to responsible homes. So we actually have to like do a process when we have mm-hmm. an adoption. So yeah. there's a contract, uh, there's an application people could fill out that just lets us know that they're interested. Mm-hmm. We do a home check. Oh, we're going to come to their house. If it's not local, we even have people that could do Skype home checks or have a local animal control officer go stop by and do it. And then if they have other animals, we help introduce them. And so if we go out to an event, it's more so just for exposure. Okay. You know, we might bring a dog or two, but it's more so just to talk oh, to people and okay. have them interact with like one or two dogs. We're not bringing 20 dogs yeah, to an 20 event. 20 pitbulls to a like, park. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Whereas other uh, animal organizations can do that or... You know, if you load up with 20 small dogs in yeah. a van and they're good to go because a lot of people will show up and they'll want a dog. And we don't we don't like people making spur of the moment decisions either. No, definitely. And you yeah. can't um, do that with this breed either. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure the whole family is on board. Um, every the If there's a landlord involved, that the yeah. landlord's good to go. You yeah. know, they're not just like hiding it from the landlord. So there's a little bit of background check that we do, a little bit of mm-hmm. footwork that we do before we send a dog home. 
Gotcha. Mm-hmm. How many, uh, so how many dogs would you say that do you guys have at a time? Um, at the shelter, uh, at our shelter facility, we house up to 40 dogs at all times. Okay. But then we might have foster dogs in foster homes too. So we might have oh, yeah. a litter of 10 puppies over here and a senior dog over here. So we might have up to 20 or 30 foster dogs also on top of the dogs that we physically have at the shelter. Okay. But what makes us unique is the Fresno Bully Rescue is the only rescue of its kind in the whole state of California that ha- actually has a shelter facility. So that means oh. that we're the only breed specific, like bully specific, breed specific rescue that actually has a shelter facility. That's wild that Fresno's got that too. Mm-hmm. In the whole now, state of California. Yeah, that's, that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where is that? Is that something people can visit that then, right? Yeah, we're okay. open four days a week to the public. Where's that at? Uh, we're located... Well, so... So we've been in three different locations. So if we go back yeah. to the beginning where we showed up from a Craigslist ad yeah. in the parking lot downtown, uh, that was the start of that. And then um, shortly after, uh, it started growing and it was just kind of outgrowing that parking lot spot. It wasn't mm-hmm. ideal. Yeah. And so the organization moved to a property in West Fresno on West Herndon on about a quarter of an acre right on the bluff of the yeah, yeah. the river uh, um, Herndon 99. Yeah. Um, and Right after I moved there in 2009 is kind of when I took over as director. I was I was just a volunteer, and then they asked me to be part of the board because I um, actually have a degree in graphic design and marketing. And so I started like doing that yeah. and trying to help out. Because yeah. like, how can I help besides just walking dogs? Well, I have a skill that I could you know, design them a logo and I could build a website and I could start making business cards, like yeah. marketing materials, banners. So they have things that they can go out in the community and start, yeah. you know, reaching out to people because they didn't have any of that. And then uh, shortly after they were kind of fizzling out as far as, um, a lot of heart, but not a lot of business sense. Okay. And so in order to keep the organization going and yeah. not failing completely, uh, we ended up taking over, I got a new board in place and I took over as director, um, ever since. Um, so we were out in West Fresno for almost a decade and we saved a lot of lives. We, you know, did a lot of up and down crazy things where it was hard times, awesome times. Um, but it gave us opportunity to build up the organization and, um, get it to where it is today. But we saved money. We got a couple grants. Uh, we caught a couple big donations to where we were able to, purchase our own property okay. and build a facility from scratch. And that's where we are today. We've been there. It'll be two years in June that we've been operating out of our new facility, which is in Sanger. Okay. So cool. it's on four acres now. So are you the one behind the, the famous sticker? Though? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I feel like you set us up for the segue talking I, about graphic design. <laughs> yeah. I have a talent for that. Yeah. Um, I'm good at segues. Uh, <laughs> y- yes. Um, so that was you? Yeah, that was me. That's um, awesome. So the idea behind the heart sticker with the spikes is that um, it's a juxtaposition between what people think of the breed and what we want people to, to think mm-hmm. of the breed. So the heart in the shape of a collar and the collar in the shape of a heart, but one side doesn't have spikes and one side does. So, you know, it's a little yeah. bit of... I li- it's uh, eye-catching mm-hmm. for it sure. It really is. And it's like the fr- when you see it, you instantly know what it is now once you learn what it is. Yeah. And so you, it catches your eye everywhere as soon as you figure out what it was. Before I knew what it meant or what it was, I always saw it everywhere. I was like, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. why does everybody have this? I have no idea what this is. 
Like, what is this club I'm not a part of? Yeah. <laughs> I think at to one point I Googled it. it. I'm like, heart cool. shaped. Is it, don't you feel like yeah. a little bit of success when you start to Google something? You type in two words and then the, the rest of the sentence you were going to type comes out. Yeah. And you're like, other people are thinking what I'm thinking. That's cool. <laughs> That's so, super cool. And But no, it's everywhere. And it's really like, I. it's almost like not, I don't want to say a silent club because people that are part of it are real passionate about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it allows you to be able to shout, you know, what you're a part of without having to literally shout mm-hmm. and so well, yeah and it's like recognizable and it nowhere says like fresno bully yeah that's like, the you just know the it's impact a little, it's it a combination of soft and hard and like people are used to seeing pimples on chains with spike collars and you have this you know visual stigma but then there's the other side where we want people to actually learn about the breed and understand them and and be loving and and they are big old Couch potato land seals that you know, so yeah, every no, spectrum of the board, like so a little bit of everything. And it's crazy because people have gotten tattoos of our logo, and I've seen it in Hawaii. Seal. I've seen, I mean, it's crazy how far it's reached. It's pretty neat. Well, I mean, also the impact of the, well, you can tell a logo is just damn good purely for the fact that it doesn't have words in it at all. Yeah, like you know, it's it's good and it's recognizable and it's doing its job when you don't have to put the name of what you're doing in it. So yeah. that to me is also proof right there. It's pretty cool. What's the furthest you've seen your guys' um I guess it could be a brand reach out? Because you said Hawaii. Was oh, there I anything mean, past that? Canada, Europe, um Dang. Australia, uh New Zealand. Dang. Um, Getting to every continent. Yeah. What's the what's <laughs> yeah. the furthest you guys have been able to, you know, set up a dog for a home? Um, probably Canada. That's so cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Now I'm curious about this. Is it as strict in Canada as it is here in regards to regulations with these specific breeds? Uh, It could be strict, more strict because uh, there are actual cities in Canada that have banned fully breeds. And there are places that are not at all, but there are like literal cities um, that you are not allowed to have the breed. Mm. They will come take it away from you and put them down. So yeah, you have to be um, very dig- uh, vigilant on where you're sitting that dog in Canada. Um, so. We talked about this earlier, and I'm just sort of curious, wanted to dive into it. How alive is still the whole dog fight scene? Is that still a very big like thing that people are doing? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I think I think there was just a news a news uh, story this last week about this. Yeah, this dude uh, fighting his two dogs and. Remember, it was yes, like two yes, white dogs, yeah, yeah. and this gal pulled up, and she was filming, and he just said, "I'm gonna let them fight it out," and it was just terrible. But he was holding them together, like he was pulling one dog's leash what? into the other dog, that way they couldn't get away from each other. And it is, um, it is a human created, disgusting thing. Yeah. But originally, originally, so the Staffordshire Terrier came from Staffordshire yeah. in, in Europe and in England. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, and, but even before that, bully breed dogs, whether it's like more of a bulldog type breed, I mean, they've been developed and bred and more modified through the years, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, but like in the 1800s, bully breed dogs were actually bred for bull baiting, and that's where they got their name from. A bully breed dog. So they would help hunters take down bulls. Oh. So that's kind of where the breed originated from. And that's where like the gaminess was bred into the the breed, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but then also they uh a different kind of mixture was bred as a Staffordshire Terrier, and they bred a lot of the gaminess, the gameness out of the breed and tried to make them into more family dogs. Yeah. Where they're mellower, have less um 
uh, prey drive. Uh, and then you have an English bulldog. Yeah. And you have a French bulldog. And then you have an American bulldog. And then you have like 20 different types of bulldogs. And you have American Pitbull Terriers and you have Stature Bull Terrier. I mean, there's like 30 different types of bully breed dogs out there. Yeah. Um, but they've all kind of been meshed and morphed and bred into people's needs. Yeah. So you have an, an English Bulldog that's like a, a late, like can't even walk outside without passing out from the heat. Yeah. They can't yeah. even do anything <laughs> to a dog that could run five miles. Yeah. You know, and so a little bit of everything. But um, people, I think it was in the 80s too, that kind of brought back the, the, the fighting, the dog yeah. fighting stuff. It's a sport for people. So they would bet on their dog. Well, yeah, they um, just show up with money and they start. Money. And these guys um, are built Just like cockfighting, you know, yeah. like roosters. They yeah. fight roosters. It's a sport. Just like boxing is a sport. Yeah. Um, but people are forcing their dogs into fighting. And then basically if your dog loses and like uh, you hold the whole Michael Vick thing years That's ago. Where, I was going to bring that up. That definitely put a spotlight on it and really brought it to the surface for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because... This is a NFL superstar who has all the money he money. could ever need mm-hmm. and is still participating in this. Mm-hmm. In a low life sport, essentially. Yeah. And it yeah. I remember that what, two thousand six, seven or something or two thousand five, I don't know when, but I just remember how big that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sickening that, you know, uh, it's just sad. But a lot of people they would breed their dogs to have like, oh, my winner, my winner dog. I'm going to breed that dog to make more of those winner dogs. Or oh, whatever. okay. Um, it, it's just terrible. But to see, and these dogs, they have, they want to please their owner. Yeah. So even if the dog is in a dog fight, the likelihood of the dog turning around and biting you in the process is super low because they just want to please their owner. Yeah. And so they're trying to do the good job for their owner. Um, and the other thing about the breed that is something that's really... Um, feels it's really attractive to me, I guess you could say, is that they're very, very um, resilient. Mm. So we've seen these dogs come from terrible situations of neglect or abuse. As soon as you remove them from that environment, I mean, happiest dog in the world. Yeah. Ready to live an amazing life. And people always say, well, oh, it's how you raise them. But I always say, no, it's not how you raise them. It's the human behind the dog and the environment that that dog's in. Yeah. Because if you remove that dog from that that bad place and take them out of it. 90% of the time, this breed is so resilient that they can, they could bounce back and still love humans and not have, you know, mm-hmm. a, a grudge against the, the former life. Just the human race in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes, you know, just like any dog, there could be dogs so broken and beaten or poorly bred where there's something internally wrong too, that you can't save them all as far mm-hmm. as that kind of stuff goes. But most of the time I've seen these dogs come out of crazy things and, come out on the other side being amazing. Well, even that show, that Dog Whisper show, that I used to love watching. That. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's still on. But I think it is. He would take... Uh, I've been forgetting his name now, too. Cesar uh, Merlin. Cesar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he'd take these dogs that like just seem vicious mm-hmm. and make them like this cuddle machine. Yeah. It's like, what the... <laughs> yeah. Like, what did you do to this dog? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's like you said, I think he's just sort of giving them the, the attention and stuff that they needed. Yeah, a lot of do- a lot of those dogs because I th- there's a stigma. People think they don't feel pain. Uh, they think they are jaws lock. Um, they think they're this like otherworldly alien breed that doesn't have normal feelings and yeah. bodily functions, and so yeah. they inflict uh, higher levels of like pain things on them or whatever because they think that they're tougher mm-hmm. when they are just a regular dog. As the, far as that goes, the jaw locking thing is a myth. It's not true. 
No, they're not a snake where they can't unhinge their jaw. Oh my it's, gosh, I thought that was true. Yeah, no, that's no, why no. When you said that <laughs> no. so casually. I was like, all right, I'm going to be the one that says it. No, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's an honest question. Um, but no, they're they're built like a normal dog. They're they just have different. really strong jaws. They're, if you notice, like their heads are kind of squarey yeah. a lot of the times. On the top of their head, that's a lot of muscle. Okay. And so they're very, very strong. Mm. But there's no actual locking that goes on. Some of them are built. Like I've seen some pictures mm-hmm. where it looks like the dog's eyeing you and doing this. Yeah. And I love the natural Flexing like you. muscle that they have because they're yeah. still, you can still tell though that they're just like, oh, I'm a dog. Yeah. Like, I'm just chilling. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you look at them, you think they're about to swing on you at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> and you just like, you can Stop, have my jump. money. Take it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> But no, in that same picture, like that mentally comes to mind, there's like a butterfly resting on his head. Yeah. And he just looks like he's looking up. (laughs) And so like, that's why it just feeds into the whole conflicting truth versus myth thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's so nice to like be able to vocalize that there's such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And you've talked about the recovery and the resiliency. Some of my favorite videos that I come across like on Instagram Mm -hmm. are like the dog recovery videos. Yeah. Where they get one that was like, didn't have a home, was on the street or came from an abusive home. Like half its fur is like gone it's limping and its face is like deformed but they shelter it and they show like oh this is the dog two years later and Mm -hmm. it's running around looks completely different and that's the first thing that comes to mind because it all depends on the human behind them exactly and so Mm -hmm. i think it's so cool to come across those videos because it, it proves that point right is there anything um as an organization that you guys have the power to do to combat this epidemic of the dog fights um well we we, A, we go out to a lot of schools and we try to reach the youth. So we'll go down on the south side of town and go into elementary schools, high schools, junior highs, because a lot of these children can be raised around that. And they yeah. think that that's normal, that yeah. that's their norm, norm, normality of how you treat animals. Or you, they walk down the road, and they see them tied up in everyone, everyone's front yard on a big old chain. And that's mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Um, and so we go in, we bring in a dog from the shelter mm-hmm. that you know, is very gentle and sweet and affectionate. And some of these kids for the first time see these dogs in a completely different light. Um, it's almost like they're meeting a, a rock star. Cause they're like, yeah. wow, can I pet it? It's just such a an friendly experience. one. Exists. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, just to change the, the youth's mind, because that's the next generation that's going to make a difference. Yeah. Um, or they go home to their parents that maybe don't speak English or something like that too. Mm-hmm. And they can go, Hey mom and dad, this is what I learned today. Or this is what I experienced today. Or, Oh, you know, having them on a chain is not bad. Or we should probably fix our dog yeah. or not have any more litters of puppies or all kinds of stuff like that. Cause they're going to be able to reach. And they're the ones educating them. Exactly. I exactly. like that. That's mm-hmm. cool. I, yeah, I even remember as a kid, I went over to my friend's house and they had um, like a pit bull, but they always just kept it in this massive cage. Mm-hmm. And like, even my friends saying, oh, yeah, we don't go, we don't like let that dog out because that dog will get you. But like I was seven years old mm-hmm. and just like little things like that. And I it probably like put something in me. To yeah. Me, over like, time, that's definitely afraid to think of normal. this like breed a dog. Yeah. Just because of that one experience. Mm-hmm. But really now looking back, it was just like neglection. Like I felt like yeah. they fed the dog like through the cage like type thing, you know? Yeah. We have a lot of people that um, they get the dog as a puppy. Because they are gosh darn cute puppies. Um, But as soon as that... And then they don't realize... I mean, it's really with any breed. It's the same story. But with this breed, they get the cute little puppy. um, They throw it in the backyard. They don't get any training. They don't socialize it at all. Uh, All of a sudden, that puppy grows up real quick. And now you have an 80-pound puppy that's still six, seven months old with no manners. Yeah. um, No socialization. Yeah. 
bored as heck. Starts jumping fences, escaping, has never been socialized with other dogs, um, yeah. doesn't learn any manners. So they're going to knock down the kids if they want to go play in the backyard, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you have, and then they're like, oh, I can't deal with this anymore. I, I can't, I don't want to have this dog anymore. Mm-hmm. Then you have like the most popular age for this breed to be surrendered is right around a year old because you have oh. like a, an adolescent dog yes um and it's like you have an 80 pound puppy jumping on you with no manners no they don't have to control it and then let's drop it off at the shelter yeah and that's where then you're you a chance up. essentially exactly yeah mm-hmm. um for your guys's instagram just because i want to get your so anyone that can follow you on social media what yeah. is your guys instagram and then a website uh so our website's fresnobullyrescue.org okay uh, and then you can also link to all of our social media on our website too, but we're, oh, okay. we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, but social media has been amazing mm-hmm. for the outreach because if you go dig in an Instagram, if you get lost in the Instagram <laughs> black hole, Real life. You can, Real life. All time. <laughs> yeah, then you'll find these communities of diehard bully breed or pit bull yeah. lovers, you know, and there is just... Uh, a huge community mm-hmm. behind that. And so if you link those together through social media, it really, really expands your outreach. Yeah. Um, we've had, just this, I think it was a December or November of last year, we had this really popular Instagram page fundraise $15,000 for us from Australia. What? So That's so huge. Cool, yeah. It's just, it, the possibilities are really cool and open and endless, but yeah, um, yeah it's pretty neat. Oh, cool. Oh, and plus we share a lot of our rescue stories through our social media too, or we'll post the newest dogs that are residents yeah. at our shelter to try to get the word out for them. So obviously it helps with adoption. Yeah. That's what we want or, or gaining volunteers. Um, well, if yeah, people wanted reach. to see the events that you're going to be at mm-hmm. or where you guys will be out, or if they just want to help in general, how mm-hmm. do they see that? And also how do they reach out to you guys? Sure. Um, well, they could go to our website okay. and, or they can always connect with us on social media as well. Um, we're active on it every single day. Cool. Um, but uh, our emails on our website, all of our adoptable dogs are on our website. All of our events are listed on our website and social media. So, I mean, we're doing something every, at least once to twice a month, we have an event or something going on. Okay, cool. So we're always doing something because we're we're run by donations. Yeah. So you know, we're poor. Yeah. <laughs> Come support us. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> we're a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. My my last question for you is: Do you currently have a dog? Uh, I have a full house because <laughs> I am a foster failure. So if you don't know what foster failure term means, it means that you've taken a dog to be a foster, which is supposed to be temporary. And then you like, you can't term. let him go. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm at my max as far as my personal max. And so I still do fostering, but okay. it's okay. Now for you to go to your forever home, which is not me. You know, I gave you the stepping stone to find that home, but yeah. now it's time for, that'd be hard for me yeah. though. I couldn't do that. I get so attached. The more so you like do it, the easier it you gets. You kind of get into a routine. Yeah, for okay. sure. For sure. Yeah. Because you see the benefit of like being able to help more because you can't just start keeping them all because then you That's can't true. help more. And so. you can't walk in your own home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I will, were you going to say something? No. That was my literal last question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
Bridget, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for having sharing me. Sharing the story of uh, the Fresno Bully Rescue. I can sure. always tell it's an educational one because you just hear Preston and I the whole time going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. oh. Like that's mainly the, our yeah. script the whole show. <laughs> so you threw a lot at us, so we appreciate cool. that. Cool. Yeah. yeah, don't get me started. I could talk for hours. So. No, no, we appreciate that more yeah. than anything. <laughs> and to all you listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we love you guys. We'll catch you next week. And don't forget, just be nice to, to bullies. Night. And just be nice <laughs> to bullies. <laughs> <laughs>